If you're the kind of dad who does annual performance reviews on your kids, and they mostly result in performance improvement plans, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are the podcast celebrating suburban dad life and also celebrating dads wherever they happen to be situated. Welcome to our season finale for season number six. This is episode 12, our 95th episode overall. We're calling this episode Dad Boss because we have on the program today my former boss and still very, very good friend, Dave Eberson. So we're going to find out what kind of an employee I was when I worked for Dave. My name is Adam D. Now it is my great pleasure and honor to introduce to you my good friend and podcasting partner, a man who will hang on to your family photo shoot holiday cards for at least a year, and that is Coach Randy. Coach, Good morning. Good morning, Adam D. We uh, we had a little struggle here with our uh, our takes. Hey, this you morning. know, we've only done this ninety five times, but what? Our listeners did not see. <laughs> we're all the little flubs and drubs and computers going a little haywire. It, 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 I as guess we're that happens. To watch this episode, which is why we're gonna we're gonna be coming here for a much needed break, right? What what is the what is this? Yes, what is the the statute of limitations on holding on to those cards you get in the mail? The family photo shoots. Look at us. We're in sweaters. We're cute. Look at everything that we did over the past year. I open up the envelope. I look at. It, I said, it's great. You have a wonderful family. Do I throw this out? Do I put this on my fridge? You what know, do I do? That's a great question. Maybe we should ask our listeners as a final uh, episode uh, survey question. No, that's a great idea. Yeah? I think we're going to do that. Yeah. You know, How long do you keep on to it? I, I will tell you, uh, we don't send them out. We do not. <laughs> so we we get do not very, either. So now we get very, very few. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I see them. I go, sweetheart, we got so-and-so. All right, right, the trash. In the trash, okay. <laughs> so, so I'm it's, talking so it's about... it's an immediate disposal. So, so for me, it's like that moment, that day. You know what I'm talking this about? This is a great poll. Yeah. This is a great poll. <laughs> and you know, these cards are a form of family marketing. Correct. So you know who would know the answer to how long you should hold on to one of these family photo shoot cards for the holidays? You mean like brand marketing? Brand marketing, indeed. Like Berman branding? You nailed it. Becky Berman of Berman Branding. Visit bermanbranding.com. If you have a small business, if you have a large business, if you have an organization of any kind, even if you're an independent contractor, you need marketing. You need good graphic design. You need a web presence. You need a plan. Who's going to give you that plan? Becky Berman and her outstanding team of marketeers and designers. Berman Branding, bermanbranding.com. Go there. You all right, Coach? <laughs> that was even planned. That was so perfect. Yeah. That was just, that was so fluid. It's, it was so fluid. Very, that was very we good. We saved our very, very best for our very, very last of the season. So, <laughs> a family brand that was clever. Yeah, and you know, and listen, I, I like having pictures from my friends. Uh, I think it's nice. I just don't like holding on to them because I just don't understand the purpose. But that's just don't take offense, listeners, if you're one of the six people out there that send me those cards. Um, that's just basically or, or three people in, in my case. <laughs> and, you know, just put it up on Facebook, and we can all like it and all celebrate. How gorgeous your family is, even if you don't have a gorgeous family. Sometimes the dog is the best part. <laughs> no, of no, those actually, photos. there's some great ones out there now. The memes of some of the oh, yeah. uh, the the influential politicians who uh, put out these pictures in front of trees with them holding their AK-47s with their mm -hmm. six and ten. I 
Uh, those things wouldn't last very long on this house. But the, well, it's a holiday card for the for the new world yes. and the current political climate. Correct, correct. That's for sure. Speaking so, of political climate, yeah. How was your climate this week? <laughs> I I thought you were going to ask, so I'm prepared to tell you. Yes. So another eventful week for yeah. those in the Adam D household. Yeah. All right. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about my daughter first. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, got spiked in the head with a volleyball during gym class. Uh oh. All right. Is it the kind of spike where it's like the uh, the Marsha Brady spike with the no, football? No, no. This nose? was Gaylord Fokker style in Meet the Parents. Do you okay, remember that? Yes, he's in the yes, pool yes. and he smashes <laughs> the bride yes. in slow motion with the groan yeah. uh, just to smash in the head. Now, fortunately, Perry did not get a concussion, yeah, she was not but concussed. she did get whiplash. <laughs> so she had to go to the chiropractor to get adjusted. Yeah. And then, you know, we've had uh, Mike Delano yes. on, uh, yeah. Dr. Mike. Yeah. So uh, he is our chiropractor and he was able to send a note to school say, just be careful, Mike monitor her so she's been going to the trainer because she's been playing high school basketball and she actually had to sit out of practice Practice because of the concussion because of the uh, concussion protocol but she was able to shoot around and then lo and behold practice scrimmages were shut down because of a few covid cases and now the school is going hybrid and 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 that was wild so you know i i play a little basketball myself and the adult leagues are starting up yeah are they gonna let you play we, we played uh, one game. We're scheduled to have another game on Tuesday. But um, interestingly enough, the, the, the point I was making is we, we play at a private uh, K-12 through school. Mm-hmm. And we play in the middle school gym. And as I'm walking through the halls mm-hmm. of the school to get to the gym, you know, outside of the classrooms, they have art projects, mm-hmm. right? You know, they have them yeah, displays yeah, yeah. you're walking through. So I guess the assignment was draw a portrait of yourself. Okay. So I'm looking at all these portraits that that are done in colored pencil and mm-hmm. crayon. All the portraits are kids in masks. <laughs> well, of course. They're looking at themselves in... In the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> right? Because many of these kids had to do this. I didn't see that one in, coming. In, in school. I didn't see that one coming, but yeah. that makes sense. So, so basically you like to see everybody's eyes. You see everyone's eye. Yeah, up to the nose of the bridge yes. and their eyes, oh, and then yeah. you know, like the three strands of hair they yeah. draw. So that's that was my observation, the, my basketball aside. And then my son, this is something that I'm so glad is back, the uh, kids' concerts. Oh, uh, yes. Well, the, we the had, winter concerts. Yes, we had uh, Brianna's choir. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Two, two family members mm-hmm. uh, per each child. So you can't bring the whole family. You can't oh. bring grandparents. Two family members per each child, and that is it. That's what that's over at Liberty, right? That was at Liberty Middle School in West Orange. So you are limited to the people you can get. Yeah, yeah. So, so so it didn't stop all of the the friends from congregating before the concert started. We we're all sort of hanging out, and then was we Perry went allowed to come with you? Is it just she was not? That was at well, Liberty unless Long. unless she took the place of Michelle oh, or me. Okay, but that's how they're doing it because we're trying to limit the spread of infection. We just had a different experience at Roosevelt. You had. Anybody could come. Yeah, that was well, it. It was open. It yeah. was open. All right. Well, Liberty uh, Liberty had a, a very different protocol. That's weird. Um, but talking about the concert, mm-hmm. you know, what's nice is that my son is a percussionist, so he's mm-hmm. always standing up, so I can always see him. Yeah. He's not one of these, like, trumpet players. You're going right plays going. All the way in the back yes. that you don't see, yes. and you hope to hear, yeah. and you're craning your oh, that's head. That's right. This was, maybe it was different for the orchestra. It might be different for the orchestra. This is choir, chorus, yeah. maybe orchestra. I mean, that, that's possible. Yeah. But... One thing that I noticed, I'm very impressed now with the sound that mm-hmm. you get in one of these holiday concerts. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be the band started playing, they're all out of tune. It sounded like a hundred Canada geese being mm-hmm. murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was it was something that you couldn't wait to be over. Yes. I couldn't wait for more music. Really? 
Lovely. The, the selections, and the selections too. First of all, they did an original piece mm -hmm. from the band director, mm -hmm. Mr. Kruer, yeah. who is a talent in his own Well, we do live in a town with an incredible arts program. Extremely. So let's lay that out there. Extremely talented educators yeah. who yeah. kind of do their own thing. Yeah. So there was this one tune, Polar Bear's Dream. I was so sad when it was over. It was so good. Yeah. Then they did the West Side Story medley. Oh, wow. Very timely, right? Yeah. But that, that's a hard piece. That is not easy. Right? And, you know, my son, like I said, he's a percussionist. So because it's a medley, mm -hmm. all the percussionists had to, like, float from one instrument yeah. to the other, depending on what piece of song was mm -hmm. being played. And then they finished with Winter Wonderland, which, you know, was... Were there any Jewish perfect. songs? There's always, like, a token Well, yeah, again, song. because Hanukkah was so early this year, they didn't do I Had a Little Dreidel or Hanukkah or Hanukkah. Yeah. But that was okay, you know, because polar bear, that's an animal that all faiths can really get their arms around. Well, maybe you can't because it's a very large animal. But then West Side Story, I mean, you know, we could appreciate West Side Story. No, no, that's... It was, it was good. Three tunes, in and out, 25 minutes. In fact, Mr. Kruer, the band director, said, yeah. this thing's going to start at 7.30 on the nose, mm -hmm. and it's going to end at 7.52. All right. So tell your parents. Tell your parents. I'm like, wow. I mean, that is military percent. You can wind your watch <laughs> at that particular to these concert. And the concert was pretty good. So they're teaching these kids how to play right, how to tune their instruments, how to play together. Oh, I enjoyed that. That's good. I, Brianna uh, at Roosevelt, it was, uh, they had separate, you know, the, the, the choir one night yeah. uh, and, and band. And what's really funny, not really funny, was seventh and eighth grade, but they sing all wearing masks. <laughs> okay. They're all wearing masks. It was lovely. Could uh, you hear them? Could oh, you that's hear the funny was... part is it's, you know, they're masks. And uh, Jess leans over and says, take out your, your phone and videotape. Huh. And I looked over, I'm like, what am I videotaping? She's like, no, I want to make sure you have a videotape. I go, all these kids, are, and she was behind somebody who was tall. So uh -huh. all you could see were like the middle of her eyes yeah. up. And I'm like, why would you want me to videotape? It's, I could just take a picture and it would just be much better. So she insisted on, on me doing the videotape. <laughs> you know how my mind works. I'm like, I'm sitting there going... All right, you happy? You happy? Mm -hmm. Happy? Uh, it was nice. It was lovely. They walked back and forth, seventh and eighth graders. Uh, but all you couldn't see, as far as I'm concerned, she just sat there with her mouth closed. I wouldn't even know she was singing. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, it's like listening to a ventriloquist on the radio. How do you know? How do you know? Moving their lips. You know, so it was. Uh, but again, it was lovely. They did have the uh, the wonderful Jewish oh, they did, uh, they did. edition. Yeah. It was uh, uh, Hanukkah Nagila. Oh, okay. It was a combination of a Hanukkah song and Hava Nagila, Hava Nagila, which is the song everyone plays during the whole red of yes. wedding our bar mitzvah. And so they it was the uh, they Kwanzaa. Usually they have <laughs> there was no Kwanzaa, the whole arc of no, holidays. No, uh, what is it, Diwali or um, uh, Diwali, which Diwali, is also know, several weeks part ago. Part of this, there's, there's, there's like eighty different holidays, but yeah. uh, we had a but, but the best part was in and out thirty minutes. Yeah. Express concerts. Yeah, I, that's the beauty. And I think it was nice to have the kids back in, and then of course we have the. Complete shutdown. Of well, everything. we have the hybrid now, so yeah. things are getting a little scary. At the uh, high school, which yeah. is sad. So, um, you know, fortunately I got Perry boosted, mm -hmm. which is great. So her immunity will be at a much higher level. So we're thankful for that. But we know that there are some kids who aren't even vaccinated. So yeah. that's a little scary. And then, of course, you have this whole mask debate. Yes. I'm articulating my words so you don't think it's something else. Yes. Which will make you giggle no. like a 13-year-old no, boy. I, I, a mask debate. Well, no, and now that you brought that up, now I can't even laugh because it would be inappropriate and completely just... Just wrong of me, but I can appreciate the mask. You want me to say it debaters. fast just for your the mask the debaters. Mas the mask debaters? <laughs> the mask debaters. Now I'm giggling. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's wild and it, it's not just something that's exclusive to our area. Uh, Other yeah. parts of the world, again, England just went on a shutdown. They're first since January. The Netherlands shut down and we have listeners in Holland. So 
thank you for listening and uh, we're sorry that, that the, they're stuck. Didn't you have, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I, You're I not sorry to interrupt. You do it very, very well. I know, but I promised myself that I wouldn't do this often. And here we just, are. I had this sensation this week of March 13th, 2020 all over again. Yeah, I get it. That was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is our last episode for the season, which by the way, has been an unbelievable season. Thank you so much. Uh, our guest is someone who's part of your life. Yeah. I'm feeling a little like maybe I need to start bringing some people from my my life. Please. Because I think it's only fair turnabout. So I'm starting Anybody who would still talk to you, I would love to there's, interview there's, them. There's, on there's bad a to few. The all right. You know, but I just had that gut feeling like it's happening all yeah. over again. Before you know it, it'll be Jan 1, mm -hmm. and we'll be starting the 2022 mm -hmm. narrative. That's right. Yes. And hopefully it starts out a little bit better than 2021. Well, if you know, if you look at it, and this is a funny meme. Got to be careful. Yes, you got because this is twenty twenty two also in, like twenty twenty again. Again, so we got to yeah. we have to go in like you're going into a fine china store. Mm -hmm. Look, yeah, don't touch. Uh huh. Don't bump anything. Don't pick anything up. Look around and be gentle and kind. Respect the location. Don't go. Don't be like a bull walking uh -huh. in there with your horns, uh -huh. knocking things uh -huh. around. I think. We need to walk in very, very gently into yes. this next year. Wow, what a, what a very, very wonderful way to end the first segment <laughs> of our season finale. I yes. was going to say, let's let's go into something more positive. We're going to do that right now. We are going to talk to Dave Everson right here on Bad to the Dad. Stay tuned. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Social media, everybody's using it, even Bad to the Dad. At Bad to the Dad is our handle for most social media platforms. That includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're even on LinkedIn if you follow Coach Randy or Adam D. Chandler on LinkedIn. That's, of course, the business networking site. And you can see what we're promoting, you know, what guests we're promoting on LinkedIn. We also have a website, and that is badtothedad.com. Again, www.badtothedad.com. We can learn a little bit more about your hosts, but also download each episode if, in fact, you can't get to Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Radio. It's on every... We're, we're, we're everywhere. everywhere. Really? We're like international. You know, you, you, you tell me this while we're recording, mm -hmm. and if I had only known, I could have promoted us on more of the platforms on social media at Bad to the Dead. Well, you know what the best part is? <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Now we know. All and right. we're going to have a season seven, so we can always do it for season seven. Okay, so now we know for, for season seven. And if you'd like to interact with your host, you can certainly do that. Best way to do that is over email. The email is contact us at badtothedad.com. One more time, contact us at badtothedad.com. If you have a show idea, a guest idea, questions for your guests, questions for your hosts, we'd love to hear from you. Contact us at badtothedad.com. Coach, you always love when we have guests that played a prominent role in my past. I don't know if it's because you have some really you know, deep-seated, uh, ugly agenda in order to expose something about my past, but We've got a great guest today to wrap up season number six, and that is Dave Eberson, my former boss, but still my current very, very good friend. Dave, we are thrilled to have you on Bad to the Dad. Thanks for making the time. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. This is uh, this is one of the 
the true honors of my life we're, we're, we're dealing with right here. You and us both. You and us both. So you realize that this is a true honor of his life. What kind of life he must live? Well, listen, you know, there's a lot of distractions. So and when we get the call to be on Bad to the Dead. It must be a real thing. You know, the truth is, uh, I do have a hidden agenda, Adam D. You're like one of the most nice, nicest, kindest people, the, the most genuine individuals. There's got to be something in that past that they can use against you and just let the, and out you somehow because... Everybody loves Adam D. You're like the most, you're an amazing individual. And I'm like, is it just an act? All right. You can stop, you stop with the living eulogy. But if you were going to get anything, you probably would get it from, from Dave because we had a very, a very special relationship. But, you know, one of the reasons why we had Dave on, in addition to being my, my former boss, is like us, mm-hmm. he is an aficionado of some great comedy mm-hmm. uh, that was furnished by one Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. So he is an aficionado of the Chevy Chase films, mm-hmm. but he also, like us, loves Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. now in its 11th season. Yeah. You know, so I do have a question for you, uh, starting off the bat, David, and this might be a, a challenge for you. Are you a Midler? You know, I am. I am a pretty good midler. I have to be honest. <laughs> pretty good. You know, and I also enjoyed Adam D's reference right off the bat to the living eulogy. I think he's bucking for a living funeral. Yes, oh. <laughs> that, could next, that could be next season. We'll yeah. see. And I promise, when you open up my closet, you will not see the hoarding of of toiletries. So obviously, we're making a lot of references to the current season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. The midler, of course, that is the ability. Mm-hmm. to manage the conversation from, from the, the middle, middle of the table, yeah. all right? Um, you don't want a, a poor conversationalist to be the middler, being at the middle of the table and having boring conversations. Not just that, just focus on themselves with one other person. You have to be able to command the presence of others. 100%. Yeah, you, you know, it's actually all jokes aside. Back in, in, uh, in our striker days, um, there used to be a lot of work dinners, and, and I had a boss that, uh, that Adam knows well as, as well, and uh, he used to actually put me, this is, this is a true story. He put me in the middle of tables to try to engage and uh, be inclusive of all because, you know, sometimes you go to these dinners and it's like your, your seventh one in 10 nights and everybody's just sort of staring at each other, <laughs> wait, waiting for someone to say something. So, uh, so I'm actually not only am I good at it, Coach Randy, but I am yeah. an experienced middler. So you were middling before middling became middling. Before it became cool. Before it came cool. You're, you're a pre-middler. Yeah, a pre-middler. Yeah. So we let, well, this is a show about dads, yeah. right? So this is, you know, we joke, but it, this is a skill set we need to teach our kids. <laughs> like kids, if you're ever at ever at a table, yeah, they and can't there's middle. a large audience and you, and you can't middle, it's something you got to work. It's almost like public speaking, you know, running the table, right? Taking command of the table. That is a skill set, I think, that we Absolutely. need to train for our kids. You know, you know when kids middle today, it's awfully hard to middle with your face buried in a phone, right? It's they, a phone, uh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're actually communicating. There is a middler still, but they're communicating. It's the person who sends the first text to everybody else, if they're even texting anymore. So they're not, there's no communication, no verbal. It's no. just all done through digital. Now, Absolutely. what do you think about lines this time of year? When you're standing in line? Sorry? When you're standing in lines, do you have any thoughts oh, on how, how that works for you? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do. I take a lot of offense for the person who doesn't move up. Yes. When it's their appropriate time. I, it makes you feel like you're making progress. And, and sometimes, you know, you you watch the person who waits to be called. They won't move at all. Yeah. I mean, they won't move up. They just and they have this attitude of, well, why should I bother? You know, I'm not I'm still fourth in line. And what how, what what difference does it make? And same with cars. If yes. You ever people you're like sitting in traffic and they move up, like, oh, move yeah, up. You know, there's no crime against moving up a little bit. And 
they'll leave, you know, 30, 40 car lengths or people lengths in between uh-huh. them and the next car. It's infuriating. <laughs> these are things that get me these days. And this happened to me at Bed Bath and Beyond the other day when I was uh, shopping for uh, very, very last minute gifts for Michelle's birthday. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they give you those cues, right? Register four is open. Register seven is open. Okay, that's great. So you know when to advance. Mm-hmm. But there are people who still form a, a very, very deep queue. Mm-hmm. And they still won't move up closer to the registers. And I'm, I was I was ready to text you, Dave, uh, <laughs> with a picture of the person who is backing up the entire line and it was snaking back around to the impulse buys. But so, of course, you know, we're talking to Dave Everson, who, um, like us, is is very much into Curb Your Enthusiasm and, and the Fletch movies, which we'll get into in just a bit. And of course, my former boss and, and good friend. Uh, let me ask you this, Dave. Are you enjoying Curb Your Enthusiasm? Because, you know, Monday morning when we sat down at work, First thing on the agenda was not how many jobs I had filled, but what did you think of the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode that dropped the previous Sunday night? Yeah, we, we definitely had our priorities well in order and and uh, for okay. sure. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I would say it's 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 not the best Curb Your Enthusiasm season that, that's ever had. I mean, it, we always used to, or I, I always used to say, it was a bit of a credo, if you will. You don't have to have one. But yeah. You don't have to have one, but uh, that uh, a bad Curb episode is still better than most things on TV. But, um, you know, it, it hasn't it hasn't been particularly um, tight this year, this year, this season. It's um, a lot of disparate concepts, all of which are are pretty funny, but it's been a little hard to weave together. I, I think it's one of the one of the really great things about Curb is how interconnected the storylines become episode to episode and season to season. And this one's been a little looser than usual, but mm-hmm. still enjoying it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. I think some of the individual episodes have been very strong, like episode three with the quote unquote decent Klansman, yes. where he spills coffee <laughs> on the Klansman's robe. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I have always appreciated about Curb is regardless of what's going on in society, right? We're dealing with this whole woke and cancel culture, culture kind of thing. Curb doesn't care. Larry doesn't care, right? He, he, will, he will expose and point the finger for what it is. And surprisingly, you don't hear a lot of angst and and criticism, you know, on Twitter about the show and how they need to shut it down. And, you know, as you're talking, Adam D and, you know, Dave, we we don't know know each other 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 than the fact that we have a person. It's a mutual connection. Right. Look at that. Um, Building bridges. He's he's an ass. Right. And he accepts the fact. Who, Adam D or Larry? Okay, oh, it's a trade-off. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with it. Yeah, but you talked about how kind <laughs> yes. I was, how people liked me, and how. But you know, now you're is. putting me in company he's, with Larry. He's a, self, he's a self-proclaimed, you know, jerk, and he and he embraces it. And yeah. I think that's he's not afraid to be who he is. And he's like, what? This is what I think. This politically correct, whatever it might be. And I think it's we've come to a time where enough is enough. This is who I am, and I think I appreciate. And I think that's probably why I like watching the show is that he's not afraid to be. And I would like to have more of that in our world where we can just be ourselves and stop being so sensitive, toughen up, you know, put some leather on the skin and, you know, and, and be tough. You know, I don't know. What, what do you think? I completely agree. And I, I think in a couple of contexts, one is I think from a professional perspective, right. We're, we're in an age where, you know, and, and you being both of you being coaches in your, in your own right, in your respective careers, you can't give people feedback anymore. Right. It's it's you know, it, it, we're, we're definitely well into the everyone gets a trophy um, generation and mindset. And it's it's not to people's benefit. But but it's funny because that is one of um, not not to try to be humorous here. It's one of the things I do love about Adam D 
he is who he is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to, sometimes we'd be in meetings, um, Coach Randy, I'll give you a little, a little dirt here on Adam D as an employee. We'd be in meetings and, and sometimes there'd be, uh, you know, Adam's regular uh, um, matter of chicanery and, and Tom and Tom Foolery, both. Mm-hmm. And um, you'd be laughing and, 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 but, but a couple things about Adam. One is um, Adam always knew where the line was. Um, but always went about six inches to a foot past it. And, uh, and also like Larry David, never seemed to have any repercussions for doing so. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming back pretty, to me now, Dave. Yeah, which is pretty good. Um, and, and always made me laugh, at least on the inside, because sometimes given my role, I, I couldn't laugh on the outside. You can't, you can't but, show um, your favorites, but let's be honest, he was your favorite. Well, <laughs> he was... Um, He's yeah. a top five. He was a top fiver on a team of yeah. five for sure. Uh, <laughs> that was very sliding. funny. Very sliding. That was very. That was very. But funny. you know, there, there's. Um, I think there's legend. There's tell of legend that, you know, Dave hired me not necessarily for my my skill. I always ask Dave, you know, wh- why did you hire me? I know you had other candidates for this recruiting role. He tells me because I came in with the most passion. But then I think there was an underlying thing of well, I think Adam would ha- be fun to have on the team, and that was probably. My my the top bullet point, the top qualification for me being hired in in a in a group that Dave Everson was going to manage. You know, it, it, that's a hundred percent true. I will tell you, Adam is very very good at his job, right? And and I'm sorry, Coach Randy. I'd love to tell you that you know Adam could joke and did joke quite a bit and brought a lot of fun to the team and to the organization. But when you started talking about the business it was very, very clear that Adam genuinely understood how the business operated, what was important and made him very, very good at, at talent acquisition. But I do remember our interview. I was reflecting on this a little bit um, earlier this week in, in preparation for, for our, our discussion today. Adam and I, I think, spent a, about an hour together in the interview, probably six minutes on his talent acquisition philosophy <laughs> that we did it. And, and I think about 54 minutes on uh, 80s and 90s comedies. Yeah. And I did say, you know what? This guy might suck at his job, but you know what? We'll if you're <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think there's something to be said about that. I I I I coach, executive coach, a lot of millennials and zillennials looking in the workforce. And I keep telling them ultimately when you go into the interview, they're, they're seeing if you're someone who they can hang out with, someone they can trust, and someone who they believe would be a lot of fun to be around. Because it's not just only knowing the skills and the job, it's about can you be part of a group and team. And can you be uh, influential in that role? And people are looking for that kind of skill and quality. So clearly he, uh, he has it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, especially for me, the team dynamic is so important. I'm a huge team guy. I'm a huge believer that the team working together, helping each other, supporting each other gets better outcomes. And I think the team concept expands beyond, say, in our case, the HR team. But when you work in a role like talent acquisition, you intermittently, as you sort of move around the organization, become part of everyone's team. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, you know, whether Adam was was getting the right talent at the right time fast enough, right? Talent acquisition is an impossible job. It's, you know, you're only as good as your last hire and it's never fast enough for the hiring manager. But people liked working with Adam. People liked um you know, not only his credibility and his intellect and understanding the business, but they also said, you know what, I'll probably walk away with a laugh or two and, and uh, a little bit of humor as we, we spend a half hour trying to solve a problem together. And I think, you know, there was there was the selfish piece of, yeah, this is a guy I want to be around. But there also was the strategic piece of this is a guy other people are going to be around, want to be around and candidates are going to have a good experience with. And I, I think that's an underrated skill in talent acquisition. 
So I'm going to uh, go back to Curb and mm-hmm. use a line from Leon from an episode probably many seasons ago where you flip it, right? You're not just interviewing at the, uh, you're, you're not just being interviewed at the mm-hmm. company, you're interviewing the company. And I thought you were going to tell people uh, that you bring the ruckus to the ladies. <laughs> the ruckus. <laughs> and I could be a, a heck of a house husband too, <laughs> right? Because I'm just as handy as Leon. I know exactly what's going on with the joints in a, in a house. <laughs> as much past, as Leon. This past episode. That was very funny. House husband. That yeah. was great. Everything, of course, comes spoiler alert. That. You just, yeah. You just, <laughs> just, you just need these little things, these little, these little widgets. But, um, you know, I've always told you, uh, coach, when we've, been doing these episodes, there are very few bosses that can balance um, balance the structure of their relationships where they can be a boss and give you honest and direct feedback and tell you when you're being an ass and tell you when you're tripping up, yet still remain a good mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. And what the feedback that they're giving you, because you were talking about feedback, Dave, whether it's constructive or otherwise, does not diminish the overall friendship yeah. and relationship that you have. That is an art form. Not many people do that well. I think there are maybe two or three managers that I've experienced in my in my lifetime that do it well. And I think Dave, you know, does that extremely well. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are managers or managers to be listening. Um, Dave, what, what's the, I don't know if it's the secret, but what advice do you have for, for managers who are looking to you know, balance those levels between being a good constructive boss who can give honest feedback yet still be friendly? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think the first, um, you know, we we were, Coach Randy, we were joking a little bit before, right? The first tenet of all of that is just, you know, don't be an asshole, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that's, that's not very HR-like to say, but I think first thing is you really have to genuinely, it starts with genuinely caring about the people on your team. You know, and I've always um, taken the position that the people on my team are important. They have um, lives, they have families, they're trying to build careers. And candidly, their success is my success, right? So Mm -hmm. meaning the the better that they can do and the the better they're feeling about working within the organization, within my team, they're going to perform better and that's only going to help me. But, it, but there is a genuine caring of sort of for the individual and the person. And I think the coaching piece becomes an extension of that. And, and for, for newer managers, it's very, very hard to tell somebody something that they're not, they're, they're not doing well or they're not doing as well as they could or should. And, and I always try to get myself sort of in the right frame of mind to deliver that feedback, still do, in doing this because I care. I care about the person, I care about their success, and I care about the outcome for the organization because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not paid to uh, to make everybody feel good at the end of the day. I'm, I'm made I'm paid to, to make everybody as effective as they can be and hopefully maintain their self-esteem and enjoyment along the way. And I think the and I think the other piece to that is, um, you know, you have to laugh at yourself and you have to be. You know, you guys, we certainly had a lot of fun, did a lot of ribbing of each other. It was a, that was a fantastic team yeah. um, with, with, uh, with, with, with GT and NG and Coop and you know, all nicknames. Coop is a woman, by the way. Yes. And she's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to protect the guilty. But yeah. we, had, we had a, uh, we had an awesome team and, and we, um, you know, I think when you're the manager, you have to, you can't have a, a sense of humor with others and not about yourself. And so. There was a lot of um, reciprocal um, teasing, zinging, but after, you know, at the end of the day, we got a tremendous amount done as a team and, and really turned HR into 
one of the strengths of that organization together. And I think that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We were a powerhouse. I think, cause we, we liked each other. We liked working with one another and there were so many like different projects. And I think was another one of your strengths, Dave, is that even if there was a, a project or assignment that sat in one of our wheelhouses, everybody contributed. And maybe it was because we're a small team or maybe because we just really like working with one another. I like to think the latter. Um, what you, that, that advice you gave about, you know, managing a team and, and you know, again, the caring is important because people are very, very delicate these days. You know, maybe COVID has something to do with it. Maybe it's just the generation. Um, speaking of delicate things, let's talk about Chevy Chase films. What a segue, right? Um, now, I know that there are people who like Star Trek and they speak in Klingon. I think, you know, Dave and I and, and Randy, you and I, to some degree, we have created a whole language of speaking in fletch lines. And as we say, never gets old. Always and, applicable. And Mel, and Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah, Mel, Mel Brooks films. Yeah, yeah, of course. A lot of, lot of really good lines there. You know, I but, don't love Mel Brooks, but that's yeah, a no, you were telling me that. Yeah. yeah, but, but you know, the Chevy Chase films, do you have like a, a Mount Rushmore or sort of a, a, a Ten Commandments of the best Fletch lines or scenes that uh, that you reference on a, on a fairly regular basis? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, for films, first of all, Fletch, and this is this was a tie that binds with Adam D and I because, um, and I tried to, to find it, but I do believe the uh, the Laundry Monsters finally, um, you know, finally got the uh, the shirt, but, but Adam D got me a Fletch shirt that I wore with pride for, till it almost disintegrated. Um, <laughs> that's how long and how frequently I wore holes it. everywhere. And it's like, it, it wasn't good. It, it yeah. wasn't good, but it was a great shirt. But I would say, I mean, certainly Fletch at the top of, uh, for me of, of, uh, of any Chevy chase, uh, um, Mount Rushmore. Um, and then I'd, I'd probably go, you know, flanking that on either side, um, Caddyshack and, uh, the uh, first original vacation. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that one. And then my my slightly underrated one because there's a couple scenes that I really love is is Spies Like Us. Oh yeah, Doctor. Yeah, Doctor. Doctor. Doctor and Doctor. How about the Three yeah. Amigos? How about the Three Amigos? First incision. I love the Three Amigos too. I, I love the uh, my my actually favorite, and I have used this one. I you know it's not just uh, Fletch that you try to weave into everyday life. The the fake microphone going out during the now that everything <laughs> the, a Teams call or a Zoom call. So I've used the fake microphone going out a, a couple of times from a spots like us and, so, uh, yeah. well i'll tell you this dave you'll appreciate this um so you know perry is of age where i think she can appreciate the humor of of fletch she may not appreciate the time frame but certainly the dialogue and she hears me reciting those lines time and time again so on youtube they actually have the scenes that you know um cut out mm -hmm. where you can just watch a particular scene of yeah. a movie so the other day we did a recreation of the scene at the airport where Fletch is trying to gather up information <laughs> yeah. about where Alan Stanwyck is going. Yeah. Alan Stanwyck being the, the you know the villain uh, played by Tim Matheson in the movie, and you know she hears me going God Don Don all the time. So I got to play the role of Fletch, yeah. and she got to play the role of the uh, you know, the woman at the, at the registration, yeah. right? You know where he's asking you know, where is the plane going, um, and just she she had the inflections nailed down Good perfectly when. Um, you know, when the registrar says, you know, looks like there's a connection out of Provo. And then I go, ah, Provo, Spain. <laughs> and she gives me the look and the slow, uh, slow delivery, Utah. 
so I did. Um, you know, if you, if you remember, uh, Adam, you see the scene to understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Fletch by now at our age, yeah, then you're, you're, you're sus. Ninety-five bad to yeah. dead episodes. You're sus. You're sus. Yeah. yeah. Well, whoa, whoa. What, what a timely kid reference. There. Yeah. Well, it happened. I had to ask about it several weeks. Yeah. Ago. So uh, remember, back in the day, we used to do have a little competition to see who could weave uh, naturally more fletch lines into training and development activities that we, we used to. Uh, I, I, I like him as a boss. That's the kind of boss he, I'd want. He was a great. We've matured a lot since then, Coach. <laughs> no, 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 no. Men never mature. Men never mature. You just age like a fine wine. Yeah. Oh, but in great. training and development, there are several refresher courses. <laughs> there are. But I did. I think my my. Uh, proudest Fletch reference I did I was traveling uh to to France at the time we we used to have uh, manufacturing facilities there and I had to bring someone on our team uh with me to to troubleshoot an issue and and back in those days if you had a certain status of American Express card you could get a free business class companion ticket with your uh, your ticket and I brought this person with me and I used the whole um where is uh Miss uh, blank blank sitting and they said, um, next to you. And I said, right next to me? And I said, I, you know, I have a tremendous amount of plans that I like to, I like to spread out. Bridge um, plans, yeah. And they yeah, and they said, to, you know, you purchased the ticket for Miss because it was on the same thing. I go, it doesn't mean I want her sitting next to me. <laughs> so so I actually got, got to weave in. Yeah, it was, it was good they, stuff. Was the other person, were they aware of what was going on or is it just over their head? Not even a little bit, which made it exponentially funny. <laughs> Dave got his jollies. Yes. And, you know, yeah, he, he I laughed next to Mr. Singling Lingling, but, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't. Just put on the gutter here, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave, we, uh, we go ahead. Well, I, I know we're going to talk about uh, the advice. I am curious to know, are you still at Stryker? No, I've been uh, out of Striker for a few years. Wonderful company and experience, but I'm working for a, a company now as the CHRO in an infection prevention company in New Jersey. Oh, so you're probably very busy right now. It's busy. Certainly very busy. Now, the, the reason why I ask is that I met Adam when he was at Striker, and uh, my career has been influenced significantly beneficially because every time he moves to a new company, he hires me to come in and do some work. So I thought maybe if you're at Stryker, you know, I could go back and at least hit that one as part of my tour of Adam's career. Please go back and strike. Yeah, we haven't something. gotten yet the VNA yet, but I think <laughs> I think we're due. We could probably use some anti-bullying courses amongst our, our own employees. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, Dave, again, dad, uh, dad oriented podcast is what we're doing here. You're a dad of two wonderful kids. Tell us a little bit about your family and what you like to do with them. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very proud of both of my kids. I have a, a daughter who's a junior um, at, Ohio, at sorry, at the Ohio State University. Got to make sure I do that right. And she's a health information management science major, which um, hymns um, don't don't fully understand what that is. But there's there's some science and business and and uh, and and those kind of courses, um, public health. And uh, she's actually going back this summer for uh, really proud of her for this as well. Her second uh, internship at Stryker in the upstream uh. marketing world. So uh, she's a very bright young lady, very hardworking. Got, got a great group of friends who uh, she just turned 21. So had some of the friends at the house over mm. the Thanksgiving weekend uh, from Ohio State. And mm -hmm. she's she's doing great. And then is I she, in a sorority? Uh, she in a sorority? Uh, <laughs> as if and of course she is <laughs> She's <in a> sorority. <laughs> yes just, just became vice president of the sorority no, I know. you know not to brag too much but really proud of her what house 
She's in the Alpha Phi House, which which is a gig in and of itself, because when I was in a fraternity, that that uh, Greek letter was Phi. Yes. But no, it's, it's Alpha Phi. I Alpha. don't know. We've, what house were you in? What house were you in? I was in Teak. You were a Teak, or I was a Fiji. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if we were more enemies or something, but... No, no, no. I was just curious. It's, or... I keep waiting to meet another Fiji at some point in my life so I can do the, the secret handshake. Maybe it was a fraternity of one, Coach. I'm... <laughs> Starting to convince then, uh, them. Maybe you were yes. uh, cook chief and bottle washer. <laughs> yeah. and how about your other child? My my other child is uh, my son is a freshman in the business school at Pitt, and uh, really proud of him too. He did did really well in his first semester, which, as we all know, is not easy to be mm-hmm. adjustment in college. Oh. And uh, thinks he thinks he wants to do investment banking, but very early on in his uh, his journey and. Mm-hmm. But he's doing great. Also got some some good friends and is, is moving off campus to a house next year. So we'll see ah. how that works. It's yeah. all grown up. Yeah. Pittsburgh. It's, that it, it's a fun exactly. town. Yeah. It's an underrated. They call it a small, big town. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, glad glad he's having a great time. And of course, your daughter doing great things at at Ohio State. Um, I, I know that your your daughter is already three years in to her college experience. But what can you tell us about the whole college searching experience? Because I know a lot of parents like myself are starting to embark on that now. And there is a lot of information out there. And I'm sure there's a lot of schools that are competing for students right now. Sure. I mean, not when your kids are very, very mediocre, there's not a lot of competition. <laughs> start, start there and, you know, just don't have kids who are, you know, particularly successful. And that's, that's a good start. But no, jo- jokes aside, I think, I think, you know, being an HR and a dad, I think a bit of a unique perspective. So there's really two bits of advice that, that I would try to impart. And certainly I don't have all or, or really arguably any of the answers. But I think, you know, finding a college is a little bit like finding finding or buying a house, right? Location, location, location. Mm-hmm. And I think fit, you know, how does it feel for the student on campus? Does the And now it's, of course, so hard to visit the campuses. But it's really important to find a place that fits their personality. So my two kids are very different uh, by personality. My daughter, um, you know, big personality, fills up a room, um, loves fun, partying, um, you know, the social aspect of life, lots of, lots of, um, you know, likes to have lots of friends, lots of people around. And so for her, Ohio State, it was the right cultural fit because Mm. that's what that school is like. My son, very social kid, good sense of humor, a little drier sense of humor, a little quieter. We went to Ohio State and he leaned over to my wife and said, this place is insane. He he needed a place that was, you know, he, he was appalled by the beer cans on the lawn and the kids smashing the beer cans in their heads that, you know, that. Jim Belushi. Yeah. So you want to go to the Delta House. That's not his way. And by the way, both great academic schools, but, but, but a different, um, little bit of different yeah. different type of social thing my son's more you know go to uh, to a uh, a bar for juice because he's not 21 um with uh with the other kids and uh that was a joke adam d in case you were uh, yeah. okay track it with me yeah. um so uh you know he, he he's more of a, a little quieter night kind of kind of guy and so i think finding the right fit is critically important and, and the hr piece that comes in and you know this from being in talent acquisition if you're not going to Harvard or you're not going to something at the bottom, and I don't want to disparage anyone's uh, university, say Hofstra, you know, no. oh, like look at that. Oh, look yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, nice. I wouldn't be able to get into nice. Hofstra now. I had a coach. Nice. No, if you're not going to somewhere at the top or something at the bottom, it really doesn't matter. 
You know, you're going to get, and I talk to my kids about this all the time, that your ability to communicate, your ability to work hard. um, You know, we used to talk about this, Adam, and, and, uh, and, and with others on the team even, that you know, we all had people far smarter than all of us working for us at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the smartest, you know, woman or guy that, that gets moves forward in life and certainly not in business. Yeah, being smart helps, but, but you know, work ethic, your ability to communicate, your ability to, um, how you make other people feel is, is really critical. And so you, wanna, you want your, your child to go to a school where they're comfortable, where they can grow up and become a, a young adult. And, and, you know, after that first job in particular, it doesn't really matter that much. And even the first one, there's those handful of schools that really open doors and the handful that probably close them and everything in between is uh, is kind of fair game and, and you got to sell yourself and get through. So I think, I think parents and kids put a, some amount of undue pressure on themselves to sort of find this perfect school. I need to get 10 extra points on my SAT. And my, my wife and I were laughing the other night. We were saying that, we were probably the only, my daughter was very type A. I know Adam D, you're going to find that hard to believe with a child of mine. And uh, we were the only parents probably in our town who talked our kids out of, you know, we said three AP classes is enough. Don't, don't go for the fourth one. You need to breathe a little bit. And cause we, we kind of realized that probably not going to matter. And so it's, uh, you know, finding that balance in, in a school is important. So David, I'm glad you talked about this. So I'm really get, I'm going to give you a chance for your dad advice. I feel like our whole episode has been a lot about different advice and dad advice. Uh, that either came from Dave or Larry David. Or Larry David yeah. or Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy <laughs> but, Chase, good dad. But, but, you know, I, I often talk about uh, to parents and, and high school kids, you know, there are 4,322 colleges and universities in this country. Which one's good? Which one's like good ones, right? And the answer is whichever one you go to. Uh, and that's an important reminder that, yeah, you can take AP, but, you know, have a life, have the balance. I'm glad you said that. Uh, so that's gave you time to think about dad advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have listeners from international realms, uh, Belgium. Um, we've got uh, some small towns in. Uh, well, we have a lot of listeners who are on lockdown in other countries right now because their country is com- completely shut right. down. The border. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. you're talking to an international, international audience of listeners. Whoa. So. I mean, just so you know, uh, we're, we're big time. Uh, kind of a big deal, you guys. You're kind uh, of Dave, all the, all the Stefans that we used to work with in France are listening. So, Je m'appelle Dave. Uh, I'd say all those French language courses clearly paid off for you. So. Right. So um, if you have some dad advice uh, uh, for our listeners out there, what kind of dad advice would you give them? About anything or? You can take whichever way you want. Boy, okay. Oh, it's a, it's a... Adam, is he going to... Is he going to... Re- uh... I mean, listen, for, for all intents and purposes of full discovery, transparency, we're writing a book. So we're going to take what you say, make it our own and make money off of it. So just that sounds that's right on brand for you, too. So yeah. I, I think he's going to regret giving me such a wide swath of, uh, of an area. <laughs> to cover. No. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, a little bit like your employees and it is funny. There, there's there's not a there's a lot of parallels between being a manager and being a parent. Um, and not that you want to treat your, you know, not in the pejorative sense of you're going to treat your, your employees like children, but I think in a, in a different way, certainly, in a, and I hope at a higher, more profound level, you got to love your kids first. And I think that one of the things, and I give my wife you know, a lot of credit for the, for the young uh, men and women that my two children are, because as Adam D knows, I spent a lot of time on the road and a lot of time out of the country 
um, for for the vast majority of my career. And so my, my wife was a, a single parent in a lot of ways and, and um, not literally, but certainly Monday through Friday. But I think loving them, supporting them, um, letting them know and it's okay to make mistakes, that they're going to make mistakes and we made mistakes. And I think, um, you know, that that's probably the best advice I could give any parent that it's easy in the heat of the moment um, to get lost in what, you know, you're, you're tired, you're frustrated with things that are going on in life, especially today, Coach Randy, you referenced a couple times COVID and some of the, you know, it's, it's not easy on anyone. And I think it's easy to, um, to, to kind of not be as patient with your kids as you want to be or should be around their mistakes and their fallibilities. And, you know, I think making sure they always know that you love them deeply and unconditionally, I think is, is about the best advice I could possibly give uh, to, to any parent. Dave Eberson, our guest on our season six season finale. I can't think of a better way to to bring it home. You know, coach, there's always a small handful of guests where we could go on for like 90 minutes, two hours and, and keep it running and probably create our own anthology with just one guest. And Dave, we're certainly going to want to have you back on. Um, you know, I, I feel sort of spoiled in some ways because when I was working with Dave, I was getting a lot of dad advice from him mm -hmm. because my kids were just, you know, little pictures. Yes. They were, they were babies and his kids were in elementary and, and middle school. So I got to kind of see the fast forward of what mm -hmm. it was like to be a parent as they were kind of matriculating, not just in school, but through life. And I am uh, ever grateful and uh, ever grateful Dave, for, you know, all the, uh, the tutelage and mentoring that you gave me and, and extremely grateful that you made the time to be a guest today. Thanks. David. Bad to, bad Thanks. to the dad. Thanks. My absolute pleasure, guys. I, I love what you guys do. I I, I do, Adam D. I should have started with this. Congratulations. I, I was listening to uh, one of the recent shows, and you're now a professional comic, um, So, which is uh, something you always were. Again, you did a little recruiting along with it for a while, so we paid you for the, the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> recruiting but uh that's awesome and and uh i always always respected and appreciated not only your work but i remember when you were doing open mic night and i said you know that guy's got some guts to uh to get up and do it and and uh, it does take guts so good for you and i'm glad to see that part of the dream come true for you well i i hope you'll join me on stage one day because we were always you know banding about material so maybe somewhere down the line when the world becomes normaler if such a word exists we can uh we can do that kind of thing together. But uh, Dave, awesome seeing you as always. Thanks again for the time you. and wish you nothing but uh, the happiest of holidays. You as well, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, on. David. We are bad to the dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are Bad to the Dead with Coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, we are brought to you by Berman Branding. Visit BermanBranding.com. Set up a meeting with Becky Berman and her very, very talented marketing and design team. Small business, big business, independent contractor, nonprofit, doesn't matter. Becky Berman will put a plan 
as well as design in place for you. She designed the Bone Daddy logo that you see on Bad to the Dad social media. Imagine what she can do for you. That's Becky Berman and BermanBranding.com. Coach, what a way to wrap up season number six, episode 95 overall. I want to thank Dave Eberson, my former boss and still very, very good friend. It's always good to talk to him and great to see him live, even though there's a, a screen in between us. Um, hopefully you, you got some good fodder no, it's about good me fodder. in the past. No, as we talked at the opening uh, part of our show, I, 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 I feel obligated now to try to try to find <laughs> if there are anybody that I can come up with people in my life that might be uh, worthwhile to have on the calling show. Calling anybody, calling <laughs> anybody who has even a mild, tenuous connection to Coach Randy from his past. We'd love to have you on. Yeah, I feel like I've sort of flooded the zone here with with a lot of my a lot of my people from you my know, past lives, but uh, I think it, I think it just uh, depicts the kind of person I really am. <laughs> a little heartbreaking. Well, I, maybe. Just, I find it ironic that you know your job is all about working with people and making their lives better, and uh, you know I say anyone anyone want to talk about Coach Randy, and I'm hearing crickets. Well, so. I got college students who say nice things about me. But well, let's bring them on. Are they dads? But they're not dads. Uh, well, you, you had a few on, right? Yeah, I've had, had a couple. Jonah, yeah, 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 we've had a couple from North but, Carolina yeah. on yeah. last year. That yeah. was a very good episode. Yeah. So we got to find more of those. Yeah, you know, maybe some of your clients were yeah, now could be. now dads. Yeah. But so again, wrapping up a really wonderful episode. Uh, it really brought back some some great memories of the team that that Dave managed. It was an honor, but really a joy to be part of that team because we did have so much fun together, and I think we really got a lot accomplished. I feel like my human resources career was really cultivated under Dave's leadership. So Dave, thank you again, and we hope you enjoyed that interview. End of another season, Coach. End of another season. Congratulations. Season six in the books. In the books. Yeah. Yeah. Put a bow on it. We're going to have season seven, Lucky Seven. Lucky Seven, and episode number... 100. Coming up. Right, that's amazing. I'm so proud. We've been doing this now for quite some time. It was a dream, and look at us now. Netherlands, Belgium... France, you know, who, who knew? Who India, knew? Singapore, you know, you put yourself out there, you have no idea. And again, I, I go back to when we started talking about this and we procrastinated because really we didn't have a topic. Yeah. We thought it was just going to be Coach Randy and I mm-hmm. spouting out about anything. Mm-hmm. And here we had guests that actually wanted to come on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. they're like into the thousands. Yeah. And it's no big deal for us. Mm-hmm. For us, it's a big deal because... You know, we want to craft every episode like it's a piece of jewelry. Yeah. Right? We want to have good guests. It's customized. Yeah. We want to have a lot of variety. I think, you know, in, in spite of the fact that we sort of dragged out this year because of the breaks for the mm-hmm. right reasons, we wanted to provide enough variety. So when I, th- I think back on this season, we had two tenors from the Metropolitan <laughs> Opera. Yeah. Uh, an expert on ADHD. Mm-hmm. We had a veteran who was a, a, an ambassador of a great golf organization. We had a board of ed person. We had a coach who teaches personal finance yeah. um, just just a lot going on a, a, a dad who adopted a white dad who adopted two black kids mm-hmm. and is, is talking about life life in that regard mm-hmm. um, so just a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and we're gonna strive to do the same in season number seven um, what are we gonna do in the off season usually we're good for a special I'm hoping we can get the boys back let's you know, get those dad geeks back you know because there's now we've got a lot of a lot of episodes that we could talk about uh, but you're also, you, you came across this little comic thing, this 10-minute comic thing. So Neil Tenzer, who's one of the dad geeks, who's yeah. actually a screenwriter in his own right, you know, we were talking about, let's do like a 10-minute table reading mm-hmm. that can involve all of us. Yes. That has a dad theme, mm-hmm. but maybe also has a fantasy sci-fi kind of I'm theme, I'm all over too. that. 
So we're going to be writing a short script, mm -hmm. and then hopefully sometime just after the new year, mm -hmm. we get a bonus episode, which will be episode 96. Yes. We get the dad geeks back, mm -hmm. and it's something you can I love that until idea. season I think, I think seven that, starts. That could put us down a whole different new direction, or an added direction. Are you saying a spinoff? It could be a spinoff. That could be a lot of Who fun. Who knows? It could be a lot of fun. Ten-minute table reads. It's just... It, I think it would be very entertaining. We got some very funny people, some very talented people. As far as you know, I'm in. All right, so keep an ear for that. Yeah. Uh, keep an eye on social media, of course, at Bad to the Dad, and you'll find out what it is that we're doing, what are our intentions mm -hmm. with this 10 minute table read and these scripts that Neil Tenzer and company are going to be writing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Listeners, dads, anybody who else is listening, thank you so much for getting to this point and taking this ride with us. We love putting together bad to the dad we hope you love listening we want to wish you very very happy holidays a very very happy healthy and safe 2022 we'll see you on the other side so dads and others have a great week have a happy and healthy new year and of course stay bad to the dad <laughs>